This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. They will never return to you void because you can never fail. This morning, Lord, speak to us in a short while what your purpose for us to hear. Let your name be glorified in everything that we will do. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Turn your Bibles while you remain standing to 1 Kings chapter 18. Please reset that to 25 minutes. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. I encourage that you have your own Bible in case... The media goes down in case something happens. If you have your Bible, you can underline it. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. If you are there, say amen. amen. Let's go. One, two, go. We will go all the way down to verse 46. If I stop along the way, just follow the version that is on the screen so that every one of us can read it together. One, two, let's go together. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Camel. Then he bowed to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go ahead. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And so he said, go up, say to Ahab. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins, and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Father, send your word today. Bless your people. Open our ears, open our eyes to see and to hear what you have for us today. At the end of the day, glorify your name. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead, take your seat. Take your seat. Notice that in the scripture we just read, the Bible tells us from verse 41, Elijah said, go up and tell Ahab to eat and drink because there's a sound of abundance of rain. For three years before this time, by way of a background, there had been no rain in the land. It had not rained in, in, a, in a long time. And things that usually show up when a rain is going to fall did not show up. Before it rains, there are usually rain clouds. And you can tell it will rain. But on this day, he told Ahab, go and look, and there was no rain. Then Elijah, the Bible says, went up to the top of Mount 
camel to go and pray. A few things I will tell you along the way. There are a few quick lessons we will take along the way. At some point in time or the other in your life, you will have to get alone with God. Ahab left Elijah left everyone who was with him and the ceremony and the pomp that was in the church. And he went and he stood alone on the top of Mount Carmel with God. At some point, you will have to get alone with God, whether you want it or not. But as he continued, he went and he told his servant, he says, go and look. And the boy went and he came back seven times. Throughout that seven times, Elijah remained there praying. There are some prayers that you will have to say this year more than once. Hello. Elijah was a man of faith. The man spoke and rain stopped falling. But he had to pray seven times before this prayer would be answered. I don't care who you are or how spiritual you are. There are some prayers you will need to pray many times this year before it will come to pass. Tap your neighbor and say, did you hear, Pastor? In verse 44, the Bible says, the man went out, his son, his servant, the one he had been teaching, went out to look. And finally, the seventh time, the man said, I see a cloud that is about the size of a man's hand. You know, it is easy for us to overlook and read that scripture and just keep on going. First off, I put it to you that that man didn't see anything. He was just blowing off Elijah. If there was a cloud the size of a man's hand, and it is in the place where clouds hang, he could not have seen it. True or false? If you look up and you see clouds blowing, you can't see a cloud the size of a man's hand. People will always exaggerate things for you as bad as you think they are. Oh, is that what they said? This, the person who had this kind of condition last year, he died. Nobody has ever done this before and succeeded. People like you don't get here in time and get what they want. Don't trust him. These kind of things have happened before. People will always exaggerate what the condition is. But you have to develop and get into a position where you can trust God. Do I hear amen? amen? Verse 45, the Bible says, Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, prepare for rain, hurry up and get going. Elijah spoke up what he wanted to see. He didn't speak what he saw. If you go by what Elijah was seeing, Elijah was the one who decreed that there was not going to be any rain and the rain did not fall. And he now turns around and he says, go and tell him that it's about to rain. Hurry up and go and get your raincoat. There comes a time when you must speak what you want into existence. God is a speaking God. It's okay for you to have the thoughts inside you. It's okay to be warm and fuzzy about the feeling that you had. But when God wanted to create the earth, he didn't just think it in Genesis in chapter 1. He said, let there be. And there was. When he wanted to create man, he said, let us create man. He didn't just think it in his mind. He spoke it into being. God is a speaking God. That is why it is important that regardless of what you think, hear, feel, or believe, you must get into a place where you pray and speak it out. Do I hear amen? amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, it says, say ye to the righteous, 
that it shall be well with them. I want the righteous in the house this morning to declare, it shall be well with me. Or say, let heaven hear you today. Verse 46, the Bible says, Elijah, he guarded his loins. What does that mean? He took his clothes. Because the clothes that the prophets wore in that day were long gowns. He pulled it around him. He tied it together and he got ready to run. There's something I want to tell you about the law of intentionality. It goes beyond just meaning to do well. It enters into the realm of actually doing well. When Jesus Christ met Bartimaeus by the roadside and Bartimaeus was calling upon God, Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy. Jesus Christ said to him, tell him to come. The first thing that Bartimaeus did was that he threw his garb, the cloak which he was using, he threw it on the ground. That cloak was what kept him warm at night. It was what protected him from the sun. But he got up at that time. He left the gap behind because he put his faith to work. There is something that I call the law of intentionality that goes beyond just intending to do it. I meant to do it. I was going to register in school. I intended to tell you what I thought. I was going to appreciate you. I was going to do it, but nothing happens until it happens. So you have to tell your neighbor you have to do the right thing at the right time. Tell them, tell them, don't worry, tell them this morning. We're going to challenge each other together. Today I want to talk to you a few minutes that you can provoke your rainfall. I want to talk to you on a subject that is called provoke your rainfall. Elijah provoked rainfall. He did. And we will use Elijah as a study. Provocation. To provoke is to deliberately annoy. To provoke is to make something happen by inciting something else. To provoke is to stimulate action and sometimes it requires violence. Provocation oftentimes involves anger. Provocation many times always involves some type of activity. You cannot provoke me without doing something. You can provoke your own rainfall, and I'm praying that somebody here will provoke it today. Provocation also involves faith. You can provoke your faith to work, and that whatever it is that you're believing, God will give it to you. Why rainfall? Why do you need to provoke rainfall? I love watching Discovery Channel. And I pick up so many things from nature inside there. I was watching Big Cat Week last week. And they told us in there that the rain had not fallen for a long time. The earth was dry. And all the animals were coming to the same pool to drink. Both the predator and the prey were coming there. And as everybody was coming to the pool to drink, the lions were hanging around. And they were taking up animals easily. Because many animals had to cross the only rivers that were there to get there, the crocodiles were picking up people easily and they were picking up animals easily. You need to provoke your rainfall, you see, because as soon as the rain began to fall, all the animals that were wandering around, they stayed in the place where they were because the grass began to grow around them. I pray that the grass will get green where you are standing. As soon as the rain began to fall, the barrenness and all the dryness that was around them, it ended. 
And all of a sudden, someone who was without their family, all of a sudden, their family begins to grow around them. And the person who is looking for children, God will begin to give you children as many as you want in the name of Jesus Christ. When the rain falls around you, the earth becomes soft. And things will get easy or easier than what they are. And I pray that the Lord will soften the rainfall around you. You see, the difference between us and those animals in the Serengeti is that they do not have anything to do, say, or way to influence what was happening. The only thing that they did was just to sit down there and wait for the rain to fall. But God has given us, you and I, the ability to provoke rainfall. Because with man, it is not so. James in chapter 5, when you read verse 17, the Bible says Elijah was a man like you and I. And he declared that there will be no rain and rain did not fall. He turned around again and he said there will be rain and rain again fell. When he gets to that point, people will not ignore him. I'm praying that your life will get to a point where people will not be able to ignore you. You didn't hear what I said. I said your life will get to a point where people will seek your opinion and seek your attention. Let me give you two or three practical things because I want us to pray today. How do you provoke rainfall? How do you provoke that? Number one thing you must learn is that you must walk through failure. You will have to walk through failure. Elijah six times prayed, nothing happened. Elijah who only, the, the scriptures tell us that he declared one time that there will be no rain and rain stopped. Wouldn't it be or shouldn't it be so easy then for him to change his mind and say, okay, now let rain fall? It didn't work that way. Six times he had to go through. There is a class in the school of life. It is called failure. Failure 101. Failure 201. Failure 301. It doesn't make a difference what level you get to in life. You will take that class. I'm not cursing you. I'm not wishing you bad. But the Bible tells us Jesus Christ himself said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But the solution is that he has overcome and provided the answer for you. One of the facts about pain that we all will know is that everyone has pain. The person that you admire the most, when you see them sitting down, looking nice, well coiffed, smelling nice, Looking all dolled up, with the makeup on point, with the sweater jamming, with the glasses designer. When you look at them, you would think these people don't have any problem. Is that not true? But everyone and anyone that you're looking at has somewhere that their shoe is pinching them. I've shared this before. If everyone were to put their own challenges in the middle of this room, you would gladly come back and pick your own because at least you know how to deal with it. Pain is something that we will always have. Nobody likes pain, or at least not regular people. There are another class of people that like pain, but we're not talking about those ones today. We're talking about regular people. And whether you, where your pain can make you bitter or it can make you better. The only difference is an E in that word. It can make you bitter or it can make you better. I'm praying that your pain will make you better for the lessons that you learn in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have not yet taken that class, you will take it. It's called failure. And it is the lessons that you learn in the school of failure that prepare you for the 
success ahead. Please help me ask your neighbor, have you taken that class yet? Ask him, ask him, have you taken that class yet? If he didn't answer, you tell him, you will, you will, you will. We're not cursing you. Number two, not only will you walk through the class of failure, you must remain consistent. You must remain what? Consistent. Doesn't make a difference how talented you are. It doesn't make a difference how skilled you are. It doesn't make a difference how loved or unloved you are. If you must grow, consistency and discipline is the key. Consistency and discipline is the key. You see, discipline is the bridge between your goal and your accomplishment. You can tell me that you want to lose weight. That's a good goal. But until you do something about it, it will remain a goal. You have to do some things. Register in a gym, cut back in the food that you eat, go back into an exercise class, go on a, what's that diet thing that we're talking about now? Smoothie, keto. Do something, whether it works or not, do something. But you cannot tell me that you want to pass an exam and not study. It doesn't work that way. The Almighty God can do all things. He can make you pass the exam by not studying. He can also console you when you, when you flunk the exam. That's what God can do. Hard work. Let me say this as I move on quickly. Hard work. Anything that looks hard is the accumulation of easy things that you didn't do on time. Let me say that again. Hard work is the accumulation of easy things that you didn't do on time. Anything that you know how to do, it becomes easy. How many people can ride a bicycle inside here? A show of hands. Let me see your hands. If you can ride a bicycle. If you cannot ride a bicycle, it was because you didn't learn when you were young. To put you on a bicycle now, to teach you how to ride a bicycle, is hard work. It will require you letting go. It will require you falling down and getting scratched. It will require you sometimes breaking something. Because even those who know how to ride a bicycle will still fall down. But if you had learned a bicycle to ride when you were young, it would be a piece of cake. I learned to ride a bicycle when I was about three years old. And I hadn't picked up a bicycle in a long time. But as soon as I saw one bicycle, I hopped on it. Even though you shake a little bit at the start, immediately it will come back to you. Let me say this again. Hard work is the accumulation of easy things that you didn't do on time. Stop your neighbor and tell them, are you listening? Number three, if you must promote your, your own rainfall today, you need to change your environment. You need to do what? Change your environment. If you are always at the top of your class, if you are always better than the people around you, if the people that you hang out with are always looking up to you, then you are in the wrong place. If every time that you go out, you are always in front, you need to challenge yourself to another level in order for God to bless you. My daughter taught me this about her running. She said, when I am running and there are people ahead of me, he says it motivates me because all I want to do is run them down. So every time she goes and she says, I run against better runners than me, he says it promotes me, it encourages me to run faster. And so she said to me, notice the times that I run against top-rated sprinters, I always, and she used an absolute, I've gone back to look at it, and she said, I always try harder. 
I'm praying that you will always look for things that will make you better in the name of Jesus Christ. If you see a small fish that is in an aquarium, the fish may be the biggest thing in the aquarium. But you know what happens to fish in aquarium? They only grow up to a particular size and they don't grow larger. For whatever reason, it's a science has proven it. That they grow to a particular size and they don't grow larger. Take the same fish and put them in a bigger tank. They start growing larger. Remove them from that tank and put them in another one. They grow larger. You don't need to believe me. Google it when you get home. You need to change the pool in which you are running and playing in in order to become a bigger fish than you are right now. I don't care how big you are. There's a bigger pool that you can run in. Do I hear someone say amen today? Change the people that you hang out with. The Bible says in Proverbs in chapter 13, when you read verse 20, it says that the walk, those who walk with the wise shall be wise. It says, but the companion of fools will come to destruction. You can provoke your rainfall. You can provoke your own rainfall. Let me end here quickly today because one of the things that you have to do is that in order to provoke rainfall, you must have faith. That's easier said than done. Because faith is risky business. Faith is risky business. I was sharing with the church last week, for those of us who were here, in Daniel in chapter 3. Those boys told, they told Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we will not bow down to this God that you have made. And they said, if God does not deliver us, I still want you to know that we will not bow down to that God. And I put it in a programmer's language. I said, when I read that statement, in my mind, I'm putting programming into it. There's an if in that statement that says, if God doesn't deliver, then we will not bow down. Programming language is if something, then, or else, end. If there is no completion in that program there, the program goes into what they call a loop. And in that loop, they say the program has hung. And so that's when you open a door and you begin to hear something saying, this, this train does not develop problems. This train does not develop problems. This train does not develop problems. The thing that is supposed to tell you that there's no problem itself has a problem. Any equation or any program that does not handle exceptions will go into a loop and it will fail. But that's not the way that God works. In that statement, he said, if God doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow down to you. Then what? Those boys did not know what was going to happen. Only God and them knew. If it is God that is telling you, you must have faith in God. You have to remember the things that he has done in the past. Remember how he worked. In this same story, Elijah himself had had several experiences with God. As I close today, I want to share a part that I, we talked about with uh, the workers in the morning. It's a prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Put it up on the screen right quick. It is the most significant prayer of faith that I have ever read or continues to aspire my mind. You see, Jabez does not straddle the Old Testament like Moses. He's not a huge figure in the Old Testament like David. He's not renowned in the Old Testament like Solomon. But this prayer of faith is a dangerous prayer. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. 
Are you there? Put it up on the screen. It was the chronology of the sons of, uh, in verse 1, who's, who's, the, who's their father again? It was reading the chronology. And he just got to the point, and he just took a diversion. And he says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother called him Jabez because I bore him in pain. Which mother names their child pain? What was it that you could have gone through that will make you name your child sadness? That will make you name your child hopeless? That will make you name your child lost? It doesn't make a difference what you go through. I do not know any mothers. That woman did not comply with scriptures. She didn't. It makes me remember the wife of, uh, what's this guy again? Jacob. Who told his, her husband to go and sleep with somebody? I don't know any woman that does that. It's a contradiction of what I know about women. So you look at your husband and say, babe, you know, I'm having a hard time. But that's my friend. She's, she's good looking, she. Do you mind uh, engaging her for a while? I don't know any woman that does that. I can't imagine. It's a contradiction of normal nature. She named her child Sadness. I pray the Lord will change your name, but look at what happened in verse 10, which is where I will stop this morning. Look at what happened in verse 10. Dangerous prayer. She said, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed, that you will enlarge my territory, that your hand will be upon me, that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. And that's all that was told us. Can you please read that last sentence there together for me? Oh, come on. Can you see it on the screen? Read it one more time. Here is where I want to stop this morning. We don't know what the pain was that he was feeling. We don't know what it was, but all he said was, God, bless me indeed. What kind of blessing was he asking for? Was it a blessing of children, home, finances, family, health, children? We don't know. All he said was, God, bless me indeed. Can you trust God to determine what blessing that you need? Can you pray the prayer and say, God, just bless me and leave God to decide what blessing that you need? That's a serious prayer of faith. Can you just wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I know that I need blessing, but you decide what it is that I need and bless me that way. Without going through, I was sharing with one of my friends who said, it looks like I'm under a hex from home. And there's been a curse upon my life. And it is from my father's village, in my father's house. Church, let me tell you this. It doesn't make a difference where you are. A curse is a curse is a curse. It can reach you wherever you are, unless God intercepts on your behalf. But the same way that you have a curse, you have a blessing. North Korea is now threatening that they will send nuclear missiles into America. What is America looking to do now? 
They are now getting ready their own interceptor missiles. Something that will go and knock out the missiles that is coming from the sky that it doesn't get down. Every curse that is coming in is like a scud missile that is coming in. Every blessing that you invoke from here is like an interceptor missile that when it goes over there, will knock it out of the sky. When it knocks it out of the sky, then it protects you and it covers you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people do not understand what a blessing is. A blessing is something that will negate any form of contradiction in your life and settle your path and settle your matter forever. Can someone here today, can, go, can you ask God and say, just bless me. Stand up on your feet today. Jabez prayed. He said, bless me indeed. He said, bless me indeed. Proverbs in chapter 10 in verse 22 says, the blessing of God they make rich. And they had no sorrow to it. I want you to lift up your hands unto God this morning and call upon him. Say, my father, my father, bless me indeed. Bless me according to what you think I need. If you can trust God like that, pray that prayer this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamrock Community Church, 927 N. Plum Grove Road, Shamrock, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamrock.org. Jesus is Lord.